Good morning. How y'all doing? Wonderful. Fantastic. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at One Church. Our mission is to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So everything that we do, uh, creating environments in here, creating environments for your children, for your youth, it's all so that you can take a second look at God in the church. You know, one of the things when we started One Church three years ago, we realized that uh, Clarksville really just didn't need another church that non-church people don't like going to. So we decided to just do things a little bit differently. So the reason why we do things, the reason why it feels probably more like a rock concert in here and less like a funeral home is because we believe that we serve a risen God who loves you and isn't mad at you but loves you so much that he gave his one and only unique son. So we're in a smack dab in the middle of a series entitled God Is, and we've been talking about these different views of God. And uh, here in the next, today and next week, we're going to be talking about some stuff Christmas-wise when it comes to God. But I just want to just throw this out there. Uh, our hub table, as soon as you leave the service, at those, uh, that table with the black tablecloths, we have a thing that we would really encourage you to be a part of because every year, we support families in need, uh, either in the church, mainly outside of the church. And one of the things that we do is every year we ask Northeast High School, hey, do you know of some kids, maybe some teachers that just are not going to have any presents underneath the tree, maybe not going to have a lot of uh, money, uh, not going to have a lot of food? And uh, we would like to just be able to help out in that endeavor. So last year, we gave a little less than $500, and we supported three different families. And I would just encourage you, uh, I know that people here at One Church are really giving. You're really generous. So if you would, make sure that as you leave, uh, go see the hub table and drop in some cash. And that goes straight to a family in need. So I encourage you to do that. Also, if you have your crackberries, if you have your iPhones, if you have a smartphone, go ahead and pull that out. And um, uh, my number is going to be up here on the screen, and you can text me any questions that you might have. We want to, how we want to communicate here always at One Church. We just don't want it to be one way. We want it to be two ways. So if you have some questions while I'm preaching, while I'm teaching, you're welcome to give me those questions, and I will answer those uh, at the end of the service. So, all right, Christmas. How many of y'all absolutely love Christmas? All right, that's most of y'all. Most of you who love Jesus. Um, I got, oh, watch out now, I've got two people that I serve with on staff who are Ebenezers, um, and it could be because uh, I'm a little freaky about Christmas as well. I usually start listening to Christmas music around August, and um, before, it ain't that funny, before I got up on stage today, I ended up looking on my iPod, scrolling through, I've got 11,750 Christmas songs on my iPod, so uh, there might need to be an intervention later. Um, but until you've heard Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer 1,462 times, it's not Christmas. You know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, I loved growing up, and I always loved getting gifts for Christmas. And I just, you, you just loved that. I remember probably my favorite gift I ever got when I was, uh, as a kid, growing up for Christmas, was the Atari gaming system. Anybody remember the Atari? All right, some of y'all, right, I grew up like in the late 70s, early 80s, and that's the one where you had a joystick and it had one button. And, and uh, you, you usually got combat with it, but I, it was some of my favorite ones. I loved Missile Command. Um, I loved, uh, I had E.T., the game on Atari. It was crazy. I, I, I loved Joust. I loved Dig Dug. Probably my favorite was Asteroids. 
Any of y'all remember asteroids? Asteroids had the little triangle that shot little dots out. You know what I'm mean? you know talking about? And it had like the, the rocks floating in space and you had to break up the rocks. I still to this day have an Atari gaming system that has never been opened. Just in case my old one ever broke. I'm, I mean, I just, I, and I remember bounding down the stairs and going underneath the tree and just seeing, you know, the, the Atari and the cartridges. It was just so much fun. I loved opening up gifts as a kid. Well, the more I'm, I'm, I'm started growing up and stuff, I, I like opening up gifts still, but I love giving gifts. My wife and I, we celebrated our 17-year wedding anniversary yesterday. We got married 17 years ago. Clap for my wife. She needs it. <clears throat> yes. Um, but we were talking about, hey, what do we want to get one another? And I said, baby, I'm really good. I got you, baby. Anyway, uh, and real, I mean, I, I really am good. And I love giving gifts. I love giving gifts to her. I love giving gifts to my children. In fact, I can go a little crazy at Christmas because sometimes I'll go out and give, you know, buy gifts and stuff like that, and I, I buy them throughout the entire year, and then come Christmas, you know, I'll bring in the truckload, and beep, beep, you know, we'll back it up. I love, I just love seeing their faces. I got three boys, and all of them love Star Wars. I got some that love some Ben 10 Alien Force, and other ones that just love Toy Story, and I just love giving gifts to my kids. I love seeing their faces light up. You know what I mean? I just love that. Well, here's the thing. Today we're talking about God as a gift giver. Now, some of you, you have this, this idea of God that God is this old man up in heaven who wants to squelch your fun. Today, I hope to prove to you that just if you have children, you love giving gifts to them, God is just like you in this area. He loves giving gifts to his children. Listen to what Matthew chapter 7, verse 9, Jesus is talking, and he says it like this. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you, what's that next word? Give them a snake. The answer, of course not. So if you sinful people, the Bible calls us, we're people who are flawed. The Bible calls us, we're sinners. That we have a choice between going left or going right, doing bad or doing good. We're always going to choose the bad. So he's saying, if you sinful people know how to give good what? Gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father, what's those next three words? Give good gifts to those who ask him. You see, some of you, you think God is up in heaven and he just, he's just taking his thumb and he's just pressing down on you and he's angry at you. The thing I really want you to see today is that God is like a good father. He loves giving gifts to his children. He loves it. He loves it. Now, some of you, you grew up and you didn't have a really good dad. You need to know that your heavenly father is perfect. He is good and he only wants to give you good gifts. I, it's still to this day, I remember doing this as a kid, I would get gifts underneath the tree. And I would, when they say, okay, it's time to open the gifts, they would always have one of these things on them. You know what these are? It would tell you who it's from and who it's to. Now, I really didn't care who it was from, right? 
I cared only one thing, and that was what? Who it was to. Is it Chris? Got mine. Wonderful. And I would rip into it. Rip into it. And my mom and dad, they would always say, see who it's from, son. See who it's from. And I try to teach the same thing to my kids. Because as much as I love opening presents, the person who gave that gift loves watching me open presents as well. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is God, he loves giving good gifts, but he doesn't want you to put the gift over the gift giver. God loves giving gifts, and he loves giving gifts to his children. But he doesn't want you to focus on the gift and not on the giver of the gift. You see, back in the Old Testament, in the 39 books of the Old Testament, God called a people his own. They were the Israelites, the Jewish people. In fact, many times over and over, he called them his little children. And he went on and he said, you know what, I'm going to give you so many wonderful gifts. But he kept on warning them, I'm going to give you these gifts, but don't focus totally on the gift and leave me out. In fact, this is what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. This is the warning. God says, when God, your God, ushers you into the land that he promised your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to, what's that next word? To give you. See, God loves giving things. To give you. <clears throat> You're going to walk into a large, bustling cities that you didn't build. He goes on. You're going to have well-furnished houses that you didn't buy. How many of y'all would like to own a well-furnished house you didn't buy? Anybody? That is everybody. If you didn't raise your hand, you are asleep or you've got a small little child in your arms. And you need a house, right? All right, I'm going to keep on going. He says this, um, if you, when you come up on wells, you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive orchards, you didn't plant. When you take it all in and settle down, pleased and content, make sure you don't, what's that next word? Forget how you got there. God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. <clears throat> God wants to give gifts, but he doesn't want you to focus only on the gift. He wants you to focus on the person who gave the gift. And that's what, he, he says, I don't want you to forget me. I want to give you good gifts, but don't elevate the gift over the gift giver. That's what he's saying here. Now, through the rest of the morning, we're going to be in Psalm 81. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 81, or you can go on your smartphone, you can look at it that way, it's going to be up here. I was reading Psalm 81 last week. <clears throat> By the way, I got my first question this morning. You want to hear what it is? Want to sell your Atari? Come and see me afterwards. All right, cool. Anyway, I'm joking. Uh, all right. But here's the thing, in Psalm 81, and I was reading this last week as I was reading my Bible. I try to read my Bible every day. And I was reading my Bible uh, last week. I was reading Psalm 81. And this Psalm, I said, man, i got to teach on that. Because through this entire Psalm, God the Father is talking to his children like he's talking to a toddler. How many of y'all have toddlers or have had toddlers? All right. When you tell something to a toddler, do you just have to tell him one time? Do you have to tell her two times? How many times you got to tell her? A lot. And, and in this psalm, we're going to see God, our Heavenly Father, 
talking to his children like he's talking to a two-year-old. I, now, I am totally convinced that the reason why God gives many of us children is so that we can experience exactly what God experiences when it comes to our relationship with him. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember growing up, and before I had kids, I kind of viewed God as a God as a friend or God who's going to stick with me. Maybe even God as a, a mate who's always there. But once I had kids, my view of God changed drastically. Because I, after I had to tell my son 1,468 times not to touch the balls on the tree or they will break. After a while, it gets old. And I wonder... And we're going to see in the psalm, that's exactly how God does with us, isn't it? I mean, how many times has God had to tell you, you need to stop doing that? Or you need to start doing that? I mean, a lot. This is where we're going to be at. Psalms 81, verse 9. And one of the things we're going to see, we're going to start there. It reminds me of my child. I have three boys, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, because eventually they're going to grow up and hear the podcast, and they're going to be embarrassed. But one of my kids... A lot of times I would say, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I would always have to tell them, listen to me. And look at verse 8. He says, listen to me, O my people, while I give you a stern warning. O Israel, if you would just listen to me. If I had a nickel for every time I had to tell my kids to listen to me, I would be a rich man. In fact, many times me and my wife would have to say, listen and obey. Listen and obey. In fact, I got one child who I would tell him, listen, and when you're talking to him, he'd be like this. So what I would have to do is I would have to take my hands and put my hands on his face and just say, okay, look, you know, look at me and listen to me. And even when, when my hand's on his face, this is what he's doing. You know? I want you to hear very clearly this morning. For some of you, God is wanting to take his big old hands and put them on your face. And he's wanting you to look into his eyes and he's wanting you to hear him say, listen to me. Not because he's mad at you, but because he's madly in love with you. That's what God is wanting to just totally take his big old hands and wants to tell you, I love you. But you have to listen to him. You have to listen to him. Now keep on going. You must never have a foreign God, verse 9. You must not bow down before a false God. Why? Why shouldn't you do that? For it was I, the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. What he's saying is this. I, you were in Egypt, you were in slavery, you were in bondage, and I came so that I can get you out. I gave you a wonderful gift. Nobody else gave it to you, I gave it to you, so don't give anybody else credit. Has anybody ever done anything nice and somebody else got the credit for it? How's that feel? Terrible. How many of y'all ever given a gift and somebody else got the credit for it? Anybody done that? Couple, couple of Christmases ago, I had a, somebody approach me and, and they said, well, you know what? We were going to give an extravagant gift to a family member and they said, hey, can we go in on you with it? You know? Can we give you some money? And you can say it's from both of us. And we're like, sure, I guess that's fine. Well, what ended up happening is they didn't give us any money, but they got the credit for it. And as I was a little frustrated, but I wonder if that's exactly how God feels. I wonder if that's exactly how God feels when he gives us good gifts and we give other things and other people credit for it. 
You know, we're going to give so many other people. When you go to the doctor and you get a good checkup, you, you thank the doctor. When the doctor, yeah, he was important, but he's not the one who gave you the good health. Or an employer gives you a, a raise or a Christmas bonus. And who do we think? We thank the employer, and we should. But God, he was behind it as well. Or, you know, how many of y'all don't like flying and you get up in the air and you're praying the entire time and you get on the ground safely? By the way, all planes, all, all planes land. Some crash landed and some lands with wheels. But you, you don't crash land, you land with wheels and you're, you know, thanking the pilot. And we should do that, but I wonder, but think about it, when things start to go wrong, who do we blame? Who do we blame? We blame God, don't we? When planes start crashing into buildings, who do we blame? God, why? When we get a bad checkup, who do we blame? God, why? When we lose our job and we can't pay the bills, who do we blame? We blame God. But when things go well, we, we say, well, it, I was just lucky. You know, it, it's just karma. Or, you know, it's just Mother Nature. I got some good genes. All right, let's just talk, stop, a little exit ramp here. There is no such thing as luck. Nowhere in the Bible do I ever read of somebody saying, well, I'm just lucky. Over and over again in the Bible, though, I read that somebody is blessed. And in order for somebody to be blessed, then somebody has to give them the blessing. And that person who gives the blessing is God. There is no such thing as karma. If you're a Christ follower, you don't believe in luck or karma. And it's not Mother Nature, it's Father God. So let's just be really clear that let's don't give our love, let's don't give somebody else and something else the credit for what God is doing good in your life. And let's just don't blame him when bad things happen. This is what it says in verse 10. For it was who? I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Now look at the last part of this verse. This totally reminds me of what I used to do with my toddlers. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. <laughs> For those who've had small children and then you know you have the high chair Right, and I mean, you're always trying to feed them, and what are you trying to do? Open up, open up. Here, here's the airplane, or you know, here's here's the train. It's coming into the station, right? It's just like, and and then when they when they finally do eat, I don't think they get hardly anything in here, but they get it everywhere, you know, right? I mean, it's just like crazy. I mean, I wonder if God is, is totally saying, just like you do with your children, I have to do with you sometimes. I, I mean, I can totally remember that feeling, trying to get my kid to open up and eat something good because I know he'll like it if she'll, or he'll just try it. I asked our, our permission of this couple. We had a couple in our communion group last time. Their names are Bill and Amanda Johnson. Bill and Amanda are a great couple. They've been in our past two community groups. <clears throat> they have two boys and a girl, so they have three children. And their oldest son is named Parker. And I remember this, praying at every Sunday night in community group. She would say, you got to pray for Parker. He ain't eating. you got to pray for Parker. He ain't eating. And I'm thinking, is he sick? 
you know, what, what's up? No, he just don't like food. And I'm like, I've never had that problem. <coughs> so I'll, I'll never, I mean, I said, well, what does he eat? He eats crackers, saltine crackers and yogurt. Crackers and yogurt. Crackers and yogurt. Sometimes he would vary it up a little. He would eat yogurt and crackers. And I remember her just saying, he's got to eat something more between yogurt and crackers. She's like pulling her hair out. Parker, you want some pizza? Crackers. Pizza? Come on. Are you even human? I mean, would you like some pancakes? Crackers. You want some ice cream? Crackers. I mean, she could not get this kid to eat anything. And it, she told me this one, she says, I'm either going to pull my hair out or I'm going to buy stock in saltine crackers. And so she says, I'm just going to stop, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop just tr- trying to force the kid to eat because you can't do it, and he'll eat once he gets hungry. So, I, so he, that's all he ate, yogurt crackers, yogurt crackers, yogurt crackers, until one day they ordered some pizza and they were going to pick it up and then take it back home. And they got the pizza, they put it in the car, <coughs> Parker's in the back seat, and as they're driving home, Parker says, what's that smell? It's pizza, son. You won't eat it. It smells good. I think I will have some. And Bill and Amanda are in the front going, don't make a big deal. You know, don't make a big deal. So, so they get home, and he eats pizza, and you know what? He loves pizza. Why? Because he's human. So he started trying other things. And I'll never forget, our, our small group met on Sunday nights. Uh, we, we would come, and we, this was kind of the running question. What has Parker tried this week? He tried strawberries, and he loved them. Um, uh, he, he, his favorite food to this day is pancakes. Pancakes. And in fact, I saw him this morning after the service, and I said, Dude, have you tried any new uh, food? He says, I tried bratwurst this past week. Did you like it? I loved it. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Now, here's what's so cool about this. For the longest time, a man named Bill tried giving him good things. But you know what he was doing? Not going to do it. I wonder if God feels that way with us sometimes. God is wanting to give us filet mignon, and we're just satisfied with saltine crackers. God wants to give us good things, and we're like, no, I've never tried that. I don't know what to expect with it. I'm fine with my saltines. Can you pass some yogurt? You see, God wants to give us good things. But in order for that to happen, you know what? What has to happen is we have to swallow our pride and we have to be willing to open our mouths and trust God that he knows what's best for us. You're going to have to swallow your pride, get rid of your issue of control, and you're going to have to trust in God and open your mouth. Some of you, you've been trying things your way for a long time. You've been saying, you know what? I know God says, I want you to only date a non-Christian. I want you to only marry, uh, I only want you to date a Christian, excuse me. I only want you to marry a Christian. And you're going, no, no, I'm fine with just, he's not a Christian, but I can change him. And he looks good. Or, you know what, I, I, God saying, no, I want you to honor me with your finances, and I want you to give a portion to me, I want you to put a portion away and save it, and then I want you to live on the rest. I want you to try it my way, because my way's the good way. And you go, no, I know best. I got my saltines, I want to spend it all. 
right? Or, you know what? You, you do relationships your way and not God's way. God's saying, I want you to treat other people the way you want to be treated. And you know, I, I, no, no, I want mine. I want to get mine. I want to do friendships on my timetable. And God's going, no, 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 that's not how it works. You see, so many of us, we settle for saltine crackers when God wants to give you and I so much more. But you have to trust in Him. You have to trust in Him just like a child has to trust in their parent, that the parent knows what's best. But we choose crackers the thousandth time. I'll just have crackers and yogurt. Seconds, please. Psalm 81 verse 11 says, But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow in their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. You know, God is never going to force you to follow him. He's not going to do it. He's not going to pry open your mouth and say, try it. Try ice cream. He's never going to do that. Why? Because he doesn't, that's not how he operates. That's not how he works. But you know, you know who's going to lose out? You are. And I am. When we choose our own way, over God's way, because God's way is the best. He loves giving good gifts. He loves giving satisfaction. I love how Psalm 34 verse 8 says it like this. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys who take refuge in Him. He wants you to taste and see, but some of you, you need to try it His way, because you've been trying it your way for way too long, and it ain't working. It's not working. God's not going to force you, though. He's going to Leave it up to you. God says it again in verse 13. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my past. Why, God? Why do you want Israel to follow you and walking in your past? And he ends, verse 14, he says, How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How, my, how soon my hands would be up on their foes. At this time in Israel's history, they were surrounded by their enemies. And God said, listen, the very thing that you want, the very thing that you need, I will come through for you. But you have to listen to me. You have to open up your mouth. You have to try it my way. And if you do, the very thing that you've been asking for, I will do for you. I will do for you. But they didn't. They cried out to other gods instead of the one true God and gave credit for the gifts that God gave them to other people. And this psalm ends in verse 16 by saying this. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Again, how many times I've said that to my kids. I would feed you, now look at this, with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. I like that. In fact, I want to read to you what the message version reads of verse 16. It says, you will feast on fresh baked bread. Spread with butter and rock pure honey. I don't know about you. I hadn't eaten breakfast yet this morning. I usually don't eat breakfast on Sunday morning. I, I want you to think, though, the smell of fresh baked bread. And then putting some butter, smearing some butter on it. Then putting a little bit of honey. God's saying the very thing that you want is the very thing I will give you. But you have to come to me to get it. God's saying, I want to satisfy you. I want to be the giver of gifts in your life. But just like a child comes to his dad, you have to come and do that to me. 
You have to come and you have to spend time with me. I, I still I love my children. I, I'm, they're in such great ages. I have a 12-year-old who's getting ready to turn 13 and I'm, I might kill him. I, I have a 6-year-old. I'm joking. He's, he's good once out of every seven days. Uh, he's really good. I have a middle child who's 6 years old. And then I have a young child who's 3. And we got last night, they, they're still young enough. They want me to love on them at night. And they crawl up in my big old lap, and we'll get in the bed, and we'll love, and we'll snuggle. Last night, before we snuggled, we did something called the Tickle Monster. And it's exactly what it sounds like. They have pillows, and I tickle them and make them squeal like a little girl, and they take the pillows, and they hit me, and when they hit me, I kind of feign death. And then I'll... Right, magically get up and I'll keep on tickling. We'll have so many great times. I, they still like hanging out with Dad. And I think that's exactly what our Heavenly Father wants from us. He doesn't want a child always coming out with their hands out saying, give me what's mine. I think God is our Father, just wants us to like hanging out with Him. So that we can read our Bible every day and just learn more about our dad. To talk to our dad. Not just saying what we want, but what makes us angry and what gets us frustrated. Oh, I, I love coming home and, and hearing my kids, what was your best part about school? And I, have, you know, I ask them, what was the worst part? And, you know, well, Sally, she kissed me and it was awful. It was yucky. It was nasty. I hate girls. And then, uh, you know, one person, well, they got picked on. Or, you know, I, I, I got a D in this because I didn't do it right. Or, and we'll just sit down and we'll talk. I want to hear everything about their day. Why? Because I love them. And I love being around them. If you're far away from God this morning, you need to know that your Heavenly Father loves you. And He likes being around you. He wants to be around you. He wants you to just get up in His big old lap and if you're here and you're hurting and you have a marriage that's getting ready to be on the bus stop, you got a spouse who just came back for R&R but now is gone again. I talked to one spouse and I'm just tired of deployments. God wants you to tell that to him. He already knows it because he knows everything. But he wants you to go to him like you would with a daddy. Say, Dad, I like this. Dad, I don't like this. Dad, I love hanging out with you. Dad, can you just tuck me in? Can you just hang out with me? I have children who still want to do that with me. I know there's coming a day, though, they're going to probably not want to do that with Dad that much anymore. And so many times we get that same way with our Heavenly Father. We feel like we've gotten too grown up in our Christian life for us just to have fun with Him or spend time with Him. God wants to give you good gifts. He wants to satisfy you with bread and butter and honey, but you have got to come to Him. Let's, uh, let me take some questions. Um, the first one is this. Let's say that you were dating a guy, and he is, he is a Christian, but he's not making Christ-like decisions, and he's hanging out with bad people. What do you do? That's a great question. Well, the first thing, I, if, I were to, if, you were setting, if we were both sitting down, my advice would be this. Is you never, ever want to date somebody you wouldn't want to marry. So even if he is a Christ follower, if he is making some poor decisions 
if you were married to him, who would those poor decisions affect? Who? You. So until he starts living the right way, and I'm not saying the perfect way because none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. But until he starts trying to live a Christ-like life, you need to know this. God has something better for you. You're settling for saltines. You're, and you got a chump on your hands. You need, God wants to give you some filet mignon. All right? Uh, another question. Um, what good things are you speaking of? I mean, I doubt you're referring to extravagant things like a big house or expensive car. God seems to look down upon riches because so many people love riches above him. You're exactly right. It's so many people, when we get gifts from God, we elevate the gifts over the gift giver. So the good things I'm talking about, sometimes God does want to give riches, but many times it's not that. Many times it's, it could be health, it could be, um, it could be uh, uh, friendships, it could be spouse, it could be, uh, it, it could be a lot of different things. God wants to give you type of good gifts. It says that all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible, I'm especially thinking of Philippians, that he who, get, who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God wants to give you good gifts. He wants to make you more like Jesus. But you have to come to him. Next one. Uh, this says, a praise that I gave God my everything, and I'm not that kid, and I'm not rejecting God's way, but I'm trying to follow his way. Life is amazing with God. Very good. Thank you so much for your story. Now it says this, now I know why you choose Black Horse. Can't wait for God's pizza dinner tonight. Our small group is going to the Black Horse tonight. We're having a Christmas party. So, um, If you're in the small group, please come. If you're not, you're not invited. So I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right. And this one. My husband uh, did just go back to Afghanistan after R&R, and I've been struggling with the blahs. So thank you so much for your message today. Thank you. Last one. Um, when things go bad or unfortunate, things happen and decisions that you could have made uh, could contribute to those things. Would you call that a, a reminder that God is in charge or just obstacles to get your attention? I think it could just be both. So many times, you know, mess happens in our life because we chose mess. And we have a tendency to blame God for our mess that we chose, right? And many times God allows those consequences so that it could point us back to him. Point us back to him and point us... To, to rely on him. As we close today, I just want to say this. For some of you, I believe, I, I think for all of us, God is a perfect gift giver. He wants to give us good gifts. And the best gift that he wants to give you is the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. It's the gift of salvation. That's what he wants. And for some of you who maybe been out of church for years and you just show up, you showed up for the first time because somebody invited you because you saw the back of a magazine or something, I want you to hear me very clearly say this, that today God wants to give you a gift right where you're sitting. And this gift, you won't want to re-gift. Let me tell you about that gift. John 3.16 says it like this. For God so what? For God so loved the world that he gave. God is the perfect gift giver. He loves you so much, he gave you what? He gave you Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son that if you believe, everybody say believe, if you believe in him, you will have 
everlasting life. Now, let's look at those verbs in that. God loved. God gave. That's what God did. God loved and God gave. He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, who showed up at a baby in a manger, who lived a perfect life, and then 33 years later, He died on a cross. Why? So that He could exchange our badness for His goodness. He wants to give you Jesus. But that's only half. God loved, God gave. We have to believe and we have to have, we have to accept. If I gave, if I said in this gift box, there was a $500 gift card to the Apple store, how many of y'all would want it? Only one. None of y'all love Jesus. You all are using Windows computers and they will crash. If you have a 500, if I have a $500 gift card to, to Apple store in here, and if I said, it's yours. It's yours. It's not yours until you do what? Until you take it. Today, God is offering you the gift of His Son, eternal life, Jesus Christ. But he, that, that gift isn't yours until you take it. So how we're going to close this service today is I'm going to give you an opportunity to be able to reach out your hands and take that gift. So I'm going to ask that the lights would go down and that you would close your eyes and that we're just going to talk to God right now.